As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. Stanilov Petrov was a lieutenant colonel in the Soviet Union. He served in their air defense forces. That meant that he was in a hidden bunker outside Moscow, and his primary job was to monitor any kind of global attack, nuclear attack. He was responsible for monitoring it to see if it was going to come in and possibly responding. On September 26, 1983, just after midnight, the alarms start going off. The signals are going, and his system is announcing that five ballistic missiles have just been launched from the United States to the former USSR. He's got a split-second decision to make. He's got the power to respond. Either he was going to do nothing and risk having his country obliterated, or he would press the button and launch a counterattack. Thankfully, he chose to do nothing. It turned out to be a false alarm. Stanislav Petrov, he prevented World War III. That's what he did. I mean, he could have done something differently. He died in obscurity. There was only a handful of family members at his funeral. This story that I'm telling you today, it didn't come out till the late 1990s. Let me say it again. Stan is an unsung hero. That's who he is. And that's who I want to talk to you about. Unsung heroes in the Bible. Go ahead and open up to 1 Samuel chapter 14. We're starting a new series. Are you excited? It's called Unsung Heroes. And what we're going to do is we're going to walk through the Old Testament and we're going to identify some men and some women that don't want the spotlight. Some men and some women that don't want to be on stage. Some men and some women that you've overlooked as you read through and we see the big names in scripture. But these are the people who did great things just like Stanilov. And they prevented some things. They helped some things. And their faith ripples through generation after generation. I'm so happy to welcome our High Point Korean in our body today. Let's praise the Lord for them. They're joining us this morning. Begin to pray right now for the person that's translating me into Korean. Pray for them in this moment. I sent them the notes, but we'll see what they say. I have a feeling they're going to just have their own message today. But in all seriousness, I'm excited about this new series. Where did the idea come from, you might be wondering. Well, as crazy as it sounds, I'm on the elliptical. That's not the crazy part. And I'm on the elliptical, and I notice this guy, I'm at the health club, and I notice this guy who's a worker, and he's, he's fixing one of the other machines. And so on his shirt, I took a picture. On the back of his shirt, it said this, making the world a better place to lift. Do you get it? 
Not making the world a better place to live, making the world a better place to lift. And I thought to myself, there's so many people like this that are just doing their thing, not being noticed, getting things done. The world runs on these people. The world don't run on Duncan. It runs on these people. And, and, and so I started thinking to myself as I was going, I wonder how many of these people in scripture that we've just kind of passed through. And so it started a study and I made a list of people. And so here's where we're headed. This is the fruit of that. I've got five weeks planned. And so you can see today we're starting with the unsung advocate, 1 Samuel 14. Get there in a hardcover Bible if you got one like mine or uh, go ahead and grab, you know, get one on your flat screen. And it's Jonathan's armor bearer. And then you can see, I'm not going to go through where we're headed, but this is where we're going for the next five weeks. I got to tell you this, though. I'm feeling real spirit-led this January. And so I'm like, is this, maybe we'll keep the spirit series going for an extra week or another week. There's so many unsung heroes. I just, let's just pray for the Lord. And if you like the series, we'll keep going. If you don't like the series, we'll stop. You'll send me an email like you normally do. But in all seriousness, let's just be open to what God leads. And, and I think God's got some exciting stuff for us in this new year, 2024. So let me go ahead. And before I start reading from uh, 1 Samuel chapter 14, I want you to understand we're entering into a battle. So put your helmet on, grab your weapon, like we're walking into a battle. But here's a little warning and a little understanding as we read the Bible. And as we read the scriptures... For them, it was a physical battle. It was a physical battle because the people of God, the people of Israel, the people who believed in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, there was a whole group of people that didn't. And they were looking to exterminate them. And they were doing horrific things to their children and their women were being raped. Their children were being killed. Their children were being, babies were being sacrificed on altars to unknown gods. I mean, this is awful. And so that's the physical battle that they had. For us, it's a spiritual battle. As we read this, I'm not asking you to, to apply the principles of the warfare and go over to your neighbor's house, your unbelieving neighbor who doesn't believe in God, far from God, and knock on their door and start a fist fight with them. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that the Bible teaches in Ephesians chapter six that there's a battle and there's a spiritual battle. And it says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. But we wrestle against the rulers and the authorities and the powers over this present darkness. So the neighbor of yours that is far from God, the neighbor of yours that doesn't know God, the person sitting in here that isn't fully committed to God, there is a war, spiritually speaking, for your heart and for your mind and for your soul. That's the spiritual battle that we're against. And so the principles we see here in the Old Testament, for them it was physical that had spiritual implications. For us, it's, it's purely spiritual. And it has implications for all of who we are and what we do. If you understand that, say, got it. Not sure how they're translating that in Korean. Let's read. 1 Samuel chapter 14. 
One day, Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who carried his armor, that's the armor bearer, that's the guy we're focusing on. Jonathan is the son of Saul. Saul is the king. Jonathan is a warrior. You'll see in a moment that Saul was with him in the battle. It says, look what Jonathan says, come let us go over to the Philistine garrison to the other side. The Philistines are those that are trying to commit genocide against the Jewish people. But he did not tell his father. So look at verse 2. Saul was staying in the outskirts of Gibeah in the pomegranate cave at Migron. The people, or I should say soldiers who were with him, were about 600 men. Verse 3, the beginning part, you can see who the people, some of the people were. But then notice what it says at the end of verse 3. I want you to underline this part or highlight it in your electronic Bible. And the people did not know that Jonathan had gone. So there's this battle that's happening. Jonathan is a warrior. He's got an armor bearer. His dad is the king. He's actually there with 600 men. And Jonathan sneaks off. Skip down to verse 6. Jonathan said to the young man who carried his armor, come let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. Hint, hint, hint. For those of you, maybe you're like me and you didn't pick up the Bible until you're 26 years old and you never studied it and you never read these stories. You weren't taught them as a kid. When you see uncircumcised, that's the hint. And what that tells us is these are the people that are against God. These are the people that are fighting against him. These are the people that are doing these detestable acts and will the people respond? And so let's pick it up. Those are just things that we need to understand as we read through the scriptures. But look what Jonathan said. He said, it may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And look at his armor bearer says to him, do all that is in your heart, do as you wish. Behold, I'm with you in heart and soul. And then Jonathan said, behold, we will cross over to the men and we'll show ourselves to them. So he's devising the plan of battle. And basically, it's not some big uh, thought out plan that's uh, some surprising plan. It's a surprise attack. And so look, he's trusting in the Lord. He says in verse nine, if they say to us, wait until we come to you, then we will stand still in our place and we will not go up to them. But if the enemy says, come up to us, then we will go up for them for the Lord has given them into our hand and this shall be the sign to us. So what's Jonathan and his armor bearing doing? He's trusting in the Lord. Say, trust in the Lord. That's important and that's the backswing thought of this message. Verse 10. Now skip to verse 11. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines, the enemy. The Philistines said, look, these Hebrews are coming out of the holes where they have hidden themselves. And the men of the garrison hailed Jonathan and his armor bearer and said, come up to us and we will show you a thing. And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come up after me for the Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. And then you can see that Jonathan climbed up and he fell before him and he killed them. It says in verse 15, there was a panic in the camp and the field and among the people, the garrison, even the raiders trembled and the earth shook and it became a very great panic. Father, thank you for this true story. Thank you for what it represents to us spiritually, that there is a war for our hearts, our minds, and our soul. And so would you help us, teach us from your word, I pray. I thank you for all the people that are here with us joining us. I thank you for all those that are joining us online May you bless us as we study your word together. If you agree with that prayer, simply say amen. amen. Let's begin with this truth. We'll put it up on the screen. We all need an advocate. Every single person that's here in a seat 
needs an advocate. Every person that's home watching online, you need an advocate. We all need an advocate. Will you agree with me? We need them. We need advocates. Jonathan had one. If you look with me at what it says in verse 1 of chapter 14, it just describes him as the young man who carried his armor. That's all we know about him. It doesn't say anything else about him in the entirety of the Bible. All we know is right here. We don't know where he's from. We don't know how old he is. We don't know where he grew up. We don't know his financial status. We don't know who his parents were. We don't know anything about him. We don't know how much he could bench press as a soldier. We don't know anything. We don't know if he was a sharpshooter. All that we know is that he was... He was an advocate for Jonathan, and he was a warrior himself. And so interestingly, this word armor bearer that's hyphenated for us in our English language, it's used three times in this text. It's used 18 times in the Bible, in the Old Testament specifically. It comes from two Hebrew words. And those two words, when you put them together, have a meaning. Let's take the first one. We'll put it up on the screen. Here's, dive into a little bit of Hebrew study. It literally means to lift. So this first word, its applications are to advance, to bury up, to carry away, to cast off, to furnish, to raise. It's this idea that to lift up. And then the second word, it literally, it comes from a root word, which means to finish to complete, or to end. So when we put these two Hebrew words together that are translated armor bearer for us, we learn that it means to lift up to the end, to lift up to completion, to finish the job, to stand together, to work together, to lift up to completion. That's what an armor bearer does. How? So glad you asked that. Let me slow down for a moment, and I want to teach you the message using some hand motions. Aren't you excited? We're returning to our children's ministry days. Are you with me? I'm not feeling the excitement that I thought I would feel. So this is the message. I want to teach you how armor bearers do what they do or why they do what they do. Take two fingers... Put them to your head just like this. Oh, I love the audience participation. I see those who are not doing it, and I'm asking you to do it now, please. Some of you I know very well. Very good. You look very cute. Okay, they understand something. That's what armor bears understand. They understand intrinsically. Thank you for playing along. Secondly, put your two hands together like this. Put them on your heart and say, oh. So armor bearers not only understand intrinsically, and armor bearers, they do this. They support wholeheartedly. And next, what do armor bearers do? You're going to love this part. Just go ahead and do this motion. Just do it to the person right in front of you. Just give it to them. This is the time you can just give them a little push. And so armor bearers don't just do this and they do this. They do this and, and they inspire physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And they give you a little push, don't they? And then armor bearers, the last hand motion. Are we having some fun yet? Go ahead and do this. Go ahead and slap your neighbor next to you. They deserve it. And armor bearers, what? They, they, they do this. They, 
They stand by you faithfully. They stand with you faithfully. So let's do it together. Please humor me. Start together. Very good. Hand over the heart. Very good. What's next? Favorite part. Get the person next to you. Go ahead. and That's the message. Let me close in prayer and you can leave. I want to show it to you in the scripture because the Bible's got it, man. This is what advocates do. And, and so the first thing is they think intrinsically and they know you. They know what you're about. They can sometimes finish your sentence. They, they, they understand you. It's like what a spouse does for another spouse. It's just, I, I understand where he's coming from. I know why she does what she does. And so that's what we see with Jonathan's armor bearer. And so look with me at the end of verse three because it's an important phrase. Remember, put your, put your boots on, put your fatigues on. We're in a battle. Saul the king has 600 men. He doesn't want to act to respond against the enemy of God for whatever reason. Maybe he was afraid, I don't know. But Jonathan is sitting there and he's like, that's not happening with me. I'm going to defend the Lord. I'm going to stand up. And look what happens. Jonathan sneaks out of the camp and it says the people didn't know that Jonathan had gone. How do you miss like the most important guy? This is the king's son. He sneaks out. Who's the only person? Humor me. Who's the only person that realized that he wasn't there? Bearer, the person who thought intrinsically and he understood him. And so he's like, he, he's gone. And so there's three kinds of people in the New Testament. We've done this teaching before. Three types of people, three types of responses, three types of leaders. I hope this will be helpful to you. First person, Apostle Paul. If you read any of his letters, you'll see that he's like an, he's like a, he, he's an articulate thinker. And he lays out his arguments. He's like an attorney, only he's an honest one and a good one. Some of you took a while to get that. And, and, but, but honestly, he's logical, and so he thinks first. Apostle Paul, he's a leader that thinks first. Apostle John, how does Jesus describe him? Do you remember? He says he's the one that Jesus loved. I mean, he's, John says it, Apostle John says it, that Jesus loved him. And so he's a feel-first guy. So the apostle Paul thinks first. The apostle John feels first. Think about Peter for a moment. He doesn't think first. He's oftentimes putting his foot in his mouth. Is he not? What does he do? He acts first. And so he's going to step out in faith. Which kind of person are you? None of them are wrong. Just know your tendencies. Are you a person that thinks and has to have all the information, all the facts before you're going to respond? Are you a person that feels? It's just like, man, and the feel person is like always concerned about everybody else. How is this decision going to affect them? And how are they going to feel? And what's going to happen to them? And the think first are like, I don't care. And, but, but, but that's the truth. And, 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 and then there's the, there's the person that, you know what? I'm not going to, it's the apostle Peter. I'm just stepping out in faith. I'm trusting and I'm going to go for it. That, that's Jonathan. He, he's going for it, man. His dad, I, he's just sitting back. He, he's like, I'm, I don't, I'm not thinking about this. My heart, I, I'm going. If I had to put myself in these categories, and I've done it with all three of our girls, with my wife, Jody, do it for your family this week. Like, which are you? I'm an act first, man. I'm going to go for it. And it, it, sometimes I'm going to get myself in trouble. 
The point is this. Jonathan's advocate knew that. He knew that he was following a guy who was going to act first. I remember when um, I made the decision, I was wrestling between after seven, eight years in the business world, just become a Christian, and I was going to quit my job, go to seminary at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, and I was going to go there and go into full-time ministry and ultimately didn't know all that, but was planting this church. And I sat down with a couple advocates that knew me. They knew I was an act-first guy. And the first advocate, I'll never forget, he was a pastor, and he had done the same thing. He had been an engineer for John Deere years prior, and he had stepped away from a very successful career. And so he made the same decision, and he challenged me to slow down a little bit, Ron. Don't act, you got to think about this. you gotta, you got to, because he knew me. And I'll never forget, he said this, and maybe you're going through a life-changing, altering decision, changing jobs, changing schools, taking a step of faith in ministry, doing something, whatever the decision is, starting a family, that, that he said, there's a part you understand, there's a part you don't. Sounds so simple, doesn't it? There's a part you get, there's a part that you don't. Ron, there's a part you get. You know what? You have some people that are following after you. You're leading Bible studies. You have, you've got a finance background. Um, you've, you, you're a salesperson. You, you can speak for God. Uh, I, I see that this makes sense. But there's a part you don't understand. You're nervous about going back to school at your age and going to a think tank like Trinity and trying to graduate there. And will you be able to cut it? And he said, that's the part you've got to trust God for. And so there's a part you get, there's a part you don't. The part you don't is what you trust the Lord for. Amen? Amen. Then I met with another guy. And he was an advocate too, and I really respected him. He, he was um, in his late 40s. He's a really old guy. Yes. That's what I thought back then. And, and he had served in the same ministry as we did, but as a volunteer. And, and I went to breakfast with him, and I'll never forget, Jim said to me, he goes, you know, he goes, I... I I wish I would have made this decision 10 years ago to go into full-time ministry, and I never did it. And he regretted it to that day. And I looked at him, and I, and I thought to myself, I, I don't ever want to be in that place. I don't ever want to not act. And, and, and the Lord used those two advocates. So let me be your advocate today. Is there a decision that it looks like it makes sense that I should do this, and yes, I can understand it, but I don't? man, you got to take that step of faith, amen? And, and we all need advocates. Let me be your advocate to encourage you to press forward and to make that decision and, and to slow down, know yourself, and go forward. Advocates understand intrinsically, but then they do this. They, they get you, man, and they, they support you wholeheartedly. And this is probably the most famous verse in this chapter. So let's get it together. Look with me at what it says in verse 7. The armor bearer says, do all that is in your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I'm with you, heart and soul. I mean, that, that's a, that is an unbelievable verse. Now, he's not saying, if you do something illegal, if you do something unbiblical, then I'm just going to follow you and jump off the bridge with you. That's not what he's saying. But he isn't doing something unbiblical. And he isn't doing something unwise. Was there a risk? Yeah. But he was defending the Lord. 
And he was with them, heart and soul. In the Hebrew, let's dig down a little deeper. And the literal Hebrew translation is, I am with you like your heart is with you. So imagine your heart. Someone else's. It's right there, man. I'm with you. I I love these other translations. Let's go ahead and look at NLT. says, do what you think is best. The armor bearer replied, I'm with you completely. Whatever you decide. And then look at what it says next in the amplified version. The armor bearer says, do all that is in your mind. I am with you in whatever you think is best. Man, I love that. I've had people that have been with me, who've understood me, and they've supported me. And and I wouldn't be here today without some armor bearers. And so the backswing thought of the message, yes, trust God. Next, who's your armor bearer? But before you answer that, who are you an armor bearer to? Who do you? I mean, we need them, but we got to be them. Amen? This series, I'm so um, excited about what the Lord's doing, and I believe and I'm trusting him for some great things for our church January and February. And so one of the things we want to do in this series called Unsung Heroes, and this message, this is what we call, you guys don't realize it here in Naperville. Some of you that are new, I was just over at Wheaton, at our Wheaton location, I spoke there, and then that's why I'm not here at the beginning of the service, but I'm here at the end. I'm not hiding in some green room somewhere. I, I just preached it. I came here. You get the, this is the fourth message. This is the best one. I, I messed up the other three. This is the good one. Came to the right service. Just kidding, but, 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 but so this would have went, though. I would have recorded this message. It's going to all of our locations in Monmouth and in Romeoville and in Aurora, North Aurora. And so I'm only saying that to clue you in that what, 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 what I did was I said, let's in this series think of some ways that we can honor the people who are the unsung heroes in our communities, in our places, in our church. And so, you know, it's the first responders. Can we praise the Lord for them? I mean, it's the teachers. It's the coaches. I mean, it's the parents, it's the youth workers, it's the people, the unsung heroes, even here in our church, those that do production. I'm looking over at Tyler, who sits there. I can hardly wait. We're going to think of ways we can honor some of these people in the service. We're going to pull Tyler up on the stage. (laughs) And he's going to stand here, and I'm going to make you guys applaud for him. He's going to hate it. Because he wants to be behind the scenes. The guys guys are on the cameras right now. We're just going to put them all up front. And, and they're going to be just standing there like, no, we don't want that. And we're going to say, we want it anyways. And because we want to honor the unsung heroes, the people that are making things happen. I think what's happened now is I've just lost all my production people for the next four weeks. They're not showing up. But in all seriousness, man, people help people. I remember um, permission to go relive a couple glory days here. Permission here, I'll tell this side. That, that, that when I was in high school... I had a referee who was an advocate for me. A referee? I was a basketball player. And so, I mean, I was decent. I led the league in scoring, the East Suburban Conference. Actually, I led the whole area in scoring. And 
I, I, I won a bunch of MVP trophies for tournaments. You know, nothing to think about. I was actually pretty good. And so at the end of the year, they, they have this thing that the MVP of the conference. And so the coaches all get together, and they vote for the player they think is the MVP. Well, needless to say, they did not vote for me. I was a senior. Did I mention that I led the conference in scoring? And the whole area, did I mention that part? And, and, and they picked this guy, Paul Combs from Chardon, who did, did I mention I led the conference in scoring? And, and so Paul was a junior, I was a senior, he gets elected and he's going to go, and this was the issue. It wasn't about the trophy, although it was a nice big trophy. It was about the fact that he was going to get to go to the Cleveland Touchdown Club. And that was the banquet that was held downtown Cleveland, that's where I was from, and in northeastern Ohio, all the athletes, all the MVPs from the other conferences would be there. Did I mention I was the leading scorer of all those conferences? <laughs> and they would all be there, and I knew all these guys. And, 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 and I wasn't going to be there. Like, these are guys I played with in the summer, and guys who we followed each other. And, and so I'm just, like, I was down. This referee, who I don't know personally, but I could recognize him back then, he refed a bunch of my games. He's like, Zappia didn't win the MVP? And so this is what the guy did. He bypassed the coach's vote, which has never been done in history. He called all the big wigs at the Cleveland Touchdown Club. They held a private vote. Guess who was the MVP? <laughs> and so they had me go, and, and I got to get the award, and I'm so proud of myself in this moment. Let me show you a picture right now. This is me. And so I literally, I, I'm 17 years old. I, I still have the MVP trophy. It's next to my bed. Um, and, and if you notice right here, did you see the girl that's next to me? That, that she later become my wife. Now that MVP, that got me, I mean, it probably got me into college, got me some looks for, to get recruited. I, I'm thoroughly convinced that if I didn't win that MVP, Jody would have dumped me. <laughs> but in all seriousness, one guy stood up. And one guy changed the vote. And so advocates, they, they understand you. They, they support you. And, and next, they, they give a little push. And so let's return to the text. Put your battle fatigues back on for a moment. Let's jump back in. And it's, it, it's crazy what's happening. Jonathan comes up with this surprise attack, but it's not him. He's trusting the Lord. Because the battle for him was physical, but it had spiritual implications. The battle for us is totally spiritual with all kinds of implication for your heart, your mind, your soul. And, and look what happens. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, hey, come up after me, for the Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. What's he mean? Repeat after me, God did it. God won the battle. God's the one that did it. And so this is the interesting thing that we see here is that this deck was stacked against them, but they came through because of their trust and their faith in God and each other. So let me do this. I'm going to show you rather quickly. I want to show you the five A's for what I'm calling spiritual advocacy, because you can have a lot of advocates and, you know, some of them, you know, they're giving you kinds of advice and things and, and they're helping you. And that's great. God can use anyone. But here's a spiritual advocate. And so let's take a look at this. First, they accept you. 
There's acceptance. Spiritual advocates accept you for who you are. Man, they're not judging your background. They're not judging your past. They accept you for who you are in Christ, who you can be in him. And then next, spiritual advocates, they appreciate. There's appreciation. Why? Because spiritual advocates appreciate you for coming forward, for stepping out of the fold and saying, I want to do better. For stepping out of the backdrop and saying, you know, I, I just, I can be better. I can do better because of the Lord and because of his love for me. And I just need some help. And spiritual advocates, they advise. And this is what they do. They're not advising you based on TikTok. They're not advising you based on any other thing than what? Than what they believe about the word. And spiritual advocates advise you from God's word. We need more of them. People who can rightfully handle God's word and apply it to your life. Spiritual advocates. They do this. They, there's affirmation. And there's affirmation for your next step of faith. They're going to affirm you just like some people affirmed me and said, Ron, you can do this in the Lord's strength. And so maybe I can be that push for you today to inspire you. And maybe it's about forgiving somebody that you don't want to. Maybe it's about taking a step in a new direction. Maybe it's not a good relationship, that young adult that you're in with that person. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's not about a new business venture that you need to get out of or you need to get in. Maybe it's about ministry. Like, like I, we want to, they affirm you in your next step of faith as they counsel and pray for you from God's word. And then lastly, it's the applause. Let's applaud the Lord. Come on, applaud the Lord. There's applause. And so when you just applauded, the reason I made you do that is because I want you to hear it because people don't in the church, we as followers of Christ, we don't applaud each other for each other and for what we can do on our own. We applaud because that person is pressing into the Lord. That person is pressing into the Lord's will. That person is doing what the Bible says. That person is, we applaud the step of faith as you press into the Lord and the Lord gives you strength. That's what spiritual advocates do. And that's what we need to be. And, and, you know, maybe you're thinking, you know, those are good things, but I, I got to just be honest. I mean, I'm looking at the list. And, like, I don't have that. I'm sitting at home. I, I don't have that. If that's you, you're in a good place because it's the first of the year. As you exit the service, you can head out into the lobby. We have what we call group connect. Online, you can connect with us. Group Connect is an opportunity for you to get into a small group, for you to get into a growth group, for you to get into a hope group, for you to get the care you need through our care centers. Group Connect, all kinds of groups for all kinds of people, all kinds of places that we want to provide advocates for you. And you know what the truth is in our church? As I look at this crowd, the 11 o'clock service, praise God, God's bringing it back. Well, what I see is, there's some people in here, and you are some advocates. And it's not about you receiving, it's about you giving. We need you to give. We need you to give that wisdom, that counsel to others. Man, there's a whole group of people of spiritual advocacy. We need it in our church. I'm so proud of what our church is doing. Let me talk for a moment about our care center. Our care center is at all of our physical locations now. We just opened one up in Monmouth. They provide advocacy 
for people who are going through legal problems, legal difficulties, people who are being treated unlawfully, whether it's an apartment situation where they're, trying to be, where they're being thrown out. Like, you don't recognize that's happening. We partner with an organization. It's legal advocacy. If you're a lawyer and you're here or you're listening online, we need your help. We need a couple more people to help. We're actually looking for a point person who could help provide leadership to this ministry under our CARES ministry. I mean, all kinds of people are being treated in a way, and we want to help come alongside of them. Let me share with you about another aspect of our care center. There's so much that I could say, but it's about unplanned pregnancy. And so if I could tell you for a moment about the women that are coming to us that we get a chance to to partner with, and we've had showers for these women. We've come alongside these women. We've counseled them from, not from our perspective, not from what I believe, not from what you believe, but God, but God's word says. And, and, and some of these women, they're coming to faith. Some of these women, they're just realigning with God and, and, and growing in him, and they're reclaiming the faith they once had. And, and, and I'm telling you, man, we're helping them not only to have the children, but come alongside them. And then lastly, I mean, there's so much that we could say. There's, it's hard to believe, you know, we're sitting here in Naperville and we got locations all over the suburbs, but we're helping rescue women and children from human trafficking. We partner together with organizations to do this. And these are spiritual advocates that are helping. My wife, she's in a small group with a girl who has been rescued from that. She's now in a home. She's, she's getting healing, man. I mean, praise the Lord for his goodness and grace. Amen. That's the spiritual advocacy we want to give. Don't miss your opportunity to be an advocate. Don't miss your opportunity to receive advocacy. That's what Group Connect is about. So humor me. What's this? It's understand. I got to understand intrinsically. What's this one? Yeah, I, I got to do what? Yeah, I got to support. I got to support wholeheartedly. And, and then go ahead and push your neighbor. We got to push them a little bit. I got to inspire them. And then, and then lastly, what's this one? It, it's a, that what? I got to stand with them. I got to stand by them faithfully. And so just go ahead, just for fun, just go ahead and grab the person next to you if they're a spouse of yours or something like that. Or, or don't get too weird here, but, <laughs> but this is your opportunity. If you're a young man and that pretty girl is sitting next to you, the pastor said, go ahead, do it. This is your one opportunity. Put your hands up. I want to see those hands, but, but, but go ahead. And, but in all seriousness, this is what we want to be. And so let's drill down into our last verse as I invite um, the worship team to come forward. We're going to close the service in a unique way today. And, and so look at what it says. There's a panic in the camp and, and in the field among the people, the garrison, and even the raiders trembled. And the earth quaked and it became very great panic. Why do I want to draw your attention to that? The Lord did it. The Lord's the one that did it. Jonathan didn't do it, God did. The armor bearer didn't do it, God did. Saul didn't do it, God did. The 600 warriors, the others, they didn't do it, God did. God did the impossible, why? The battle is the Lord's. Your battle that you're facing right now, it's the Lord's. The battle that you're having as you open this year, and some of us are going through some difficulties, some stress, some trying relationships, some things in our families. It's not your battle. It's a spiritual battle. It's the Lord's battle. 
I want to ask you to stand with me if you're able and keep your Bibles open because I want to direct you to a passage of Scripture to read together. And so if you can stand with me, I want to remind us of a couple things that the Bible teaches. And the first is if you're thinking to yourself you don't have an advocate, that you're believing a lie from the enemy. Because you know what 1 John chapter 2 says? Who knows their Bibles? Who knows? 1 John chapter 2 says that who is your advocate? Jesus is your advocate. Jesus is in heaven right now, your spiritual advocate. He's paid the price for you. He's making intercession for you. He wants to win the battle for you. The battle's his. It's not yours. Some of us need to just release control. Some of us need to surrender ourselves. That the battle is the Lord's. Repeat after me. The battle is the Lord's. Amen. Now turn in your Bibles to Psalm 35, if you would, all of us together. And I want to show you, yes, Jesus is our advocate, but it's interesting to me. I, I found this so fascinating. Psalm 35 says that Jesus is your armor bearer. It describes God as an armor bearer, man, for your protection. Why? Because the battle's his. Not for your glory, but for his. And in a moment, I'm going to ask you to read that passage. But first, can we do this as a church family, all those here? Can we get in groups of three, four, or five? Just go ahead and do it right now. Get into some groups. We're a friendly church. You came with some people. Be with the people you came with. Be nice to the person that's next to you that you don't know. But just, let's just turn to each of us in groups. And I'm going to ask us to do something different. I want, us, I want one person in the group to read Psalm 35. Just say who it is right now. Just say, I'm, I'm going to do it. And, and, and let that be the advocate. And that's the person that's going to read the first five verses of Psalm 35. Hold on. And the rest of you, as you listen to those verses being read, I, I want you to do this. I, I want you to think about the battle that you're in. And I want you to give that battle over to the Lord because it's his battle. And so we're going to read the first five verses. And then if you're comfortable in your group, if someone would be a spiritual advocate to just pray over the group. Father, I pray for your word to feed your people because the battle is yours, Lord, not ours. I pray in Jesus' name.